Hello and welcome to Royale Without Cheese, our bi-weekly podcast in which we discuss both the classic and the unknown of Hollywood and foreign cinema from the then and now. We are your hosts, me, Miguel Aydo, Tomás Ferreira. Hey, hey, hey. And Leonardo Miranda. Hey there, looking good. Three filmmakers in an informal dialogue with film review each episode. With the wrap-up of 2022, we're opening a review series looking back at some of last year's films that might be possible Oscar contenders or simply talk of the talk festival darlings. Our Oscar segment will run through January, February and March 2023. As part of our Red Carpet Affairs, reviews in both English and Portuguese will be available for different listeners. Today's episode will be in English and we'll be having a go at Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Portuguese speakers can head to the Portuguese labeled content section. Now sit back and enjoy! So Elvis is a 2022 biographical film directed by Baz Luhrmann. Elvis premiered at Cannes Film Festival on May 25, 2022. The AFI named Elvis one of the top 10 best films of 2022 and at the Golden Globes Awards received three nominations including Best Motion Picture, Drama and seven nominations at the Critics' Choice Awards including Best Picture. But how did Royale Without Cheese found it? I liked it. It's pretty good. I liked it. Very succinctly, I liked it. I liked it. Says Lil. Good yeah. film. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too, but I, I thought that the beginning was a bit uh, rushed, perhaps. Maybe. I think um, the whole feeling has that feel of being rushed. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, it kind of, it's it, the beginning, probably until the middle of the, the middle of the film, it, it, it feels mainly has this great montage sequence of a film that is never ending never stops uh but i think that up to the middle it kind of starts being more contained more or less and you have start having more of a integral scenes coming up where drama tries to be infused and you have these conversations with between him and colonel parker or between him and the father and all the this conflict with the manager But overall, um, I liked it more the first time, I think, because I saw it at the cinema. Mm -hmm. Because it's truly, in a very Baz Luhrmann way, uh, a film, you know, theater experience. Because of his own way of making a film this very hyper-stylized, sensational way, where the whole of the film, the world and the characters don't feel like human beings. They are something close to humans. They are very close to animation really they, they feel like paper cutouts of what humans are <laughs> like oh, yes. the over the especially tom hanks yeah. especially tom hanks who can become Cartoonish. near close to annoying uh which is right <laughs> i i am a snowman you are snowman <laughs> like me <laughs> we like snow like, the like uh, one of his snow. characters from polar express <laughs> yeah. oh, well i think he gets the new heights here beyond the performance of polar express But yeah, um, yeah, I think that it very much feels like something that is close to human, that it, the characters don't feel like human beings, they feel like, you know, animated characters. So it has the whole of the film, including its world, because technically speaking, the way he films, the way he presents this world um, through these 
montage sequence kind of style that is eternal. The transitions with objects flying over and quick pans that you know bring you from scene to scene, scenes that almost last less than two seconds sometimes. And it just feels like you're reading a comic book strip, but a very superficial one where you're just jumping to moment to moment can have a duality of effect because for one, you know, you feel really inside this, you know, uh, magical, fantastical comic book world where you just go from vignette to vignette and you're reading this kind of spectacular journey of a person become from a poor background growing into this, into this megastar. But at this, and it's very flashy and very glittery. And um, I think it helps to this quasi uh, unreal experience, the fact that he mixes the, the fitting the period music, like Elvis' own songs, with music that is not from the time. There's like pop music from today. It becomes non-diegetic at all. So in the, in the most bizarre moments, when that crisscrosses with the film actual time period, you actually accept a little more. I'm thinking, for example, of the Hayride concert where Elvis starts wiggling and the girls start responding in a very hyperactive way, cartoon way, like, that isn't real. <laughs> it's crazy. The way this his sex appeal insane. works. It's insane. It's like they are going you know, on an ecstasy of orgasm, orgasmic, you know, drugs or, or anything of the kind. And um, But the way that he inserts this kind of guitar riff that is nothing to do with the actual song that Elvis sang at the time, uh, that and suddenly matches with Austin's performance as he as his wiggle gets more kind of hyperactive and starts all <laughs> wiggling his own face and becoming crazy and the fast cutting and the actually as well the zoom in that he does oftentimes too that shifts between mid fast to super fast you know to characters expressions and to characters reactions it he can get through the through the editing a quite uh, harmonious um, feeling that he's trying to attain. So you can accept his style, I think. But at its worst, and that's the dual effect of it, I think that the fact that the scenes are so short, you don't really feel the antagonistic forces that some, sometimes get into the film, like the congressman trying to get at you know Colonel Parker and saying, you are not really Dutch. What is this with your boy wiggling? We don't want that. That really, you know, unnerves the nation and, and stuff. You know, the villains sometimes are so passerby that you obstacles. don't really feel it. You don't really feel them as villains, just, yeah. I think that the drama that sometimes they try to infuse, the mother dying, um, Elvis I mean, getting at, at, at the not really at the infused, it's just his, his life story. <laughs> yes, that's the thing. It's his life story told in a very fast-paced way. And I think it has its advantages, but also it has its, its disadvantages. I'm quite disconnected from it. I don't feel it in the way that the film wants me to feel. You know? No, no, I agree. And it's a two-hour and a half film. So to do a, a yeah, quick montage film I mean, for so long. In, the, in that sense, it's very impressive that it sustains its energy for so long. And that it worked for me uh, for so long but yeah at a, some point it's just it's buzz being buzz and it's too much <laughs> i mean compared to the great gatsby which i tried to rewatch, but I, it just gives me a headache couldn't do it <laughs> compared to that one this is like his more calm film i feel mm -hmm. like this one is much more contained <laughs> which is insane but yeah yeah it, 
and somehow it's almost like he has found his footing with uh, the world and the character like uh, because it's music because it's music breaking the seams and the mold of what's normal and Elvis is very much com compared at the time with he has the devil in him <laughs> you know that boy <laughs> with his style of dancing in a, this is very much inspired by the blues and all um it kind of makes sense you know i think he has found his character he has found a world in which he can present his style in a way that is fitting uh while in other previous stories it could be a little bit maybe too much because he, yeah. he has his if any fallacy to him is this thing you know it's very much style over substance i think yeah i think um part of that uh, that sort of style over substance is the way he, s he overuses the um, sort of transitional uh bits where it's extremely digital and you get a sense that it's too much and for a film that that's representing elvis uh, in the 50s and 60s and 70s um i don't know that it felt a little out of place um stylish stylishly so you know i don't really enjoy so many times the pans and the, the camera going backwards and going these extreme zooms Especially in the beginning with the hotel in international. Yeah, yeah, the beginning. I was just about talking about it's that. Too, it's too computerized. The, the roulette going into the colonel's eye like a bunch of times. Like he goes back to that motif like in the beginning. And I'm like, why? And then he, he uses the, the hotel kind of, you know, uh, what do you call that? That structure Don't know with, the with the name of Elvis that is vertical. You know, it's just kind of a monumental sort of uh construction where they present the international hotel name and it, he uses it as the roulette thing that you use to spin it's it's and he zooms in and out of that structure <laughs> and he part of, it's it's really a duality of, of experience of, to do with experience because you both feel wow this is incredibly refreshing to see in the sense of his frenetic style you don't see this often but at the same time, it's a two hour and a half film. <laughs> it's it's very difficult to keep up with this sort of um, pace. And um, even if it gets more contained, but yeah, I think the scenes don't feel so much as scenes. They feel like video clips. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And for That's... me, it's it's really the, the computerized um, texture of the shots. Um, yeah. Like too much of them are, are computer based um and cgi uh made and um and that also that reflects uh in some of the some of the other scenes and shots where you feel like i don't know some shots are very bland i don't know if you guys thought this too um they're just weird angles just very sort of soap opera-ish um placements of the camera um I don't know. It just feels like it just feels like that that sort of film where it's two and a half hours, yeah, a lot of CGI, and a lot of uh, a very big budget, but in terms of directing, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, he's a man of editing. He's not really yeah, for me. Yeah. He's not a like he doesn't compose the image as much as he compo It's the the connection between images, which I, I think there's value to that. I don't hold it against him, but yeah, I, I think sh some shots don't don't communicate much beyond like their relation in the montage sequence and what's what he's trying to do in terms of rhythm but the shot itself it's not really valuable yeah that's a good point yeah but, 
it i mean it has value because it contributes to the rhythm but not really to character or emotion that's that's very true for example the the, the scene in bill street where elvis is back in his old days a, a truck driver it's, it's quite a, a long no it's a, it's it feels like a long sequence to show how because he's not really showing anything to, to adapt you see he's not really showing anything to adapt in, in the way he relates to these characters just he's much more concerned with building this kind of landscape of him inserted in the in the landscape of the street and in the spirit of the people talking and the excitement and the singing but he's not really interacting with anyone he just looks slick looking into like shops and hairdress salons and girls laughing and he's in the middle of it and singing is going on and he has a guitar on his shoulder and he feels very like you know what what would i do with an elvis character in the place that he likes to go to let's make commonplace shit <laughs> let's move a guitar on his shoulder somebody calls him buttercup uh, and, and, and it's it's this kind of logic of the scene or the sequence for quite a long time because you just see him crossing streets looking into stores for quite a long and it's just music going da, 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 da. Like, okay okay like can we get into the meat of the thing because yeah it can get quite uh... i don't think he we ever get into the meat of the thing throughout the yeah, film true. i think it's a super superficial yeah look at all this yeah it's more a look of, it, of the two uh, the relationship between the two and him as a myth as a figure as a what he represents True. yeah there's elvis the image and elvis the person yeah the person like if you watch this film i don't think you get much you get the person much barely no, no, barely yeah, just yeah. like the general view like if you read the mm -hmm. wikipedia page you'll get the same thing you know, <laughs> yes. from here like yeah he grew up poor yeah he had you know a relationship very strong with his mother mm -hmm. but he was abused abused exploited by this colonel it's that thing like i appreciate what he does in the sense that it's very unique to him you know in terms of style and i do appreciate the approach to this when he does a montage he's amazing and he's fun and he's all the glitter and i think this is needed for an elvis film but to make that a big trait that goes on and on <laughs> in a two hour and a half is complicated because that's really the film that's just the film and the film shouldn't be just that and when he doesn't attempt it to be just that and have scenes where he confronts the father about the company money and how it is spent or he confronts the you know the colonel about um, his own ways about him it does it feels weightless you know it's um and so it's really a film that is confined to the spectacle of the movie theater that's where i really felt the film and the, the ending is like oh my god because i really like the song and chain melody and yeah, I think it really delivers in terms of the music, the, the finale with. Yeah, yeah, the transition to the real Elvis is, yeah. as well. I like the shot of the plane going away and, and the, him talking about this bird that doesn't fly and then not showing his death. And rather than that, showing his last performance. Even if he's fat, even if his body changed, he's still Elvis, still has a golden voice inside a fat body. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's quite, uh, that's quite, um, well, how should I put it? Um, prestigious, it gives, it gives self a sense of uh, worthiness. To build on what I was saying, if you're going to make a superficial, like, you know, biography, biopic, I mean, this is the way to do it because it's super yeah, it's like, entertaining. It's like if you're going to make superficial, 
make it superficially interesting. <laughs> yeah, because like most biopics are already superficial, but they don't have this level of entertainment and style to it. Mm -hmm. and, it and it makes sense to have this style when it's Elvis, because he was so stylish. Maybe oh, like yeah. A film like this about Winston Churchill, <laughs> that would be a little crazy. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I'd yeah. watch it, <laughs> but <laughs> wouldn't follow. Like, <laughs> that would come, it would, would come out a little bit out of left field. But yeah. yeah, exactly. But here, I think it makes sense. It, clearly, Baz is interested in the figure, the idea of Elvis, not so much mm -hmm. the man And I think he really, he really excels at that. The problem is the mm -hmm. balance with the actual more down-to-earth dramatic yeah, moments. Because there are still moments where he's trying to bring drama and bring yeah. a level a levelness to it that it doesn't matter. It, I, don't, I didn't care about his problems that's problem. that much. That's, that's the side of it, yeah. Yeah, and another thing, I mean, the whole thing with, with the drugs, it's a really quick um, transition to that sort of period of his life, where suddenly there's this narration of Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, Tom Hanks he gets into the drugs. Tom Hanks is terrible in narrations, terrible. <laughs> from, from the beginning, it's just it's too much, but too many accents. Elvis. I made him. <laughs> Elvis Presley. Beyond this part of the kernel, you think that Tom Hanks in narration is a bad move? You think uh, at least in this over? film, uh, ah, in this I don't film. know. Yeah. yeah, in this film. In this film, I don't even remember other other narrations. This other uh, go at narration was Forrest Gump. Oh, <laughs> my mom always used to tell me. <laughs> yeah, tough so. one too. Tough one. Not a great track record. But yeah, but in any case, I think. Once again, you know, you, but, but the very beginning, uh, we have a scene of him in the car and he already is sort of starting with drugs, yeah. which is like 20 minutes in, which is very early. And I thought it was a little, uh, yeah, place. he's in the car. They give him a pill, but it, you don't really see anything ever again until, yeah, yeah. it's just a hint. It's a, a hint yeah, of he'll a pill. be a drug addict. Don't worry about it. Here it is. <laughs> yeah. This is why he, he had the pill <laughs> once in a car. Yeah. yeah. And then it returns like almost at the end, but. Yeah, you don't feel his downfall into an addiction. You just like you cut to the the last year at Vegas or whatever, and he's suddenly like all fat and sweaty all the time. Yeah. and you know mm -hmm. he's on drugs. He, they have like a, a doctor who's the drug guy essentially, just a glorified <laughs> <laughs> uh, dealer. But the transition, I don't know, doesn't feel like you you experience. His downfall with him. It's just it's told to us that he got addicted because he's being forced to be almost forced into addiction by the people around him. And I, I that I think is interesting, but it's not that explored how he got there. And the first fifteen minutes of the film fly by in terms of telling the story of Elvis, his origins. You're doing all this through the colonel's eyes. And trying to, to tell the story of how the colonel finds him, but then all of a sudden, and you never show Elvis to up to this point, when he when he first sees him on the ray on the hayride show, uh, he finds him under the stairs, like talking with his family, getting all uh, bumped up to go to, on the stage and sing. And on that moment of like him spying on his family and him like singing a little song, he makes like. Two flashbacks. <laughs> That's my, yeah. my feeling. He goes to different places and streets, and it's like, what? Is it like the, the jumps in editing is just um... just an overall cliche of these biopics, where 
you just have to start with the end and some grand show that he does or something. And then you return to the beginning and see his origin. It's like, uh, I mean, I wish the, they didn't have to resort uh, to... to that kind of structure, always. Yeah. Uh, and I do get it because the beginning is always the most boring part but of of these guys' lives. Uh, but still, it's it just feels not like, like they it's... begin with the bang anyway. With like, okay, he's dying, but everybody knows he's gonna die. That's sort of the tragedy of 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 singer biopics. <clears throat> he is going to die. But that's that's on the directors because they only start having these ideas of these films after they these guys die. Why don't they do a Rolling Stones one now? Nah, nah, they gotta die first. They did Elton John, and he didn't There's die. Some. There's some. Yeah, I think I think they now got the rights to do Michael Jackson biopic. Like I just I finished uh, watching Elvis and I wondered, are they making a, a Michael Jackson film? And then I, I went on the web and I think Lionsgate has the. That the should be good. That should be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they'll go into all the details. <laughs> Kids, come on, that's me. Because <laughs> like even Elvis, like Elvis, very weird guy too. I'm not like he used to go to bed with 14 year old kids and sh shit like that. Like he. Oh, wait, it wasn't just his wife, it was more than one 14 year old kid. According, again, just Wikipedia reading from me. <laughs> like he had. Yeah, the best source ever. Yeah, exactly. Used to bring young girls into the room, like his fans, and just lay with them. I mean, as far as we know, as far as I know, like he didn't have sex with them or anything. He was just kind of a weird, creepy dude. Or like the film doesn't get into his sure <laughs> sure or or his obsession with guns yeah or his like even violent outbursts or misogyny the film is you'd get from him from this film you'd get the sense he was just a martyr and that yeah. in, in a way it's very similar to blonde but in yeah. different ways like blonde actually comes from i i feel like although i i don't really like the film I think Blonde, in, in distinction to Elvis, now that we're making a comparison, actually comes from a place where, yes, I can believe that Marilyn faced these situations of torture and abuse. Uh, I only don't know if to the degree that the film wants to portray, because I think it goes a little bit up, up, up the notch with it, and it just, she just feels tortured for the film. Yeah, I think part of the reasons that these directors, you know, they come to these films, to these ideas, and they're so enamored by these stars and the whole, uh, I don't know, the whole cultural phenomenon that these stars uh, help create. You know, you don't really feel like they're going to be able to go through um, the sordid details of their lives, um, or at least make them a central part. I don't think that a guy that really respects and adores Elvis's music is going to make a film that that revolves around all these details that kind of destroy his image. So, you know. The director seems to love Elvis a lot. I think he's yeah. afraid to tarnish his legacy. Yeah. In a way. Because these things are very, like again, Wikipedia reading, you, you'd see that he's not a perfect guy at all. But the only thing that they get into and it's not really a flaw, he's still a victim, it's the drug addiction. And some moments of violence, I think, and him when getting with really angry. in bed and the guns thing. But it seems very peripheral. It comes near the end. But oh, again, it, and it's still, it's still, it, it still comes from a place of him being a victim of the, the circumstance 
of the you know the... yeah 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 it all comes back to that yeah because it could actually be an interesting uh, premise the fact that you balance the the side that you can sympathize with regarding mm -hmm. elvis which is how much his career constrained him in the sense in the sense it was managed by this guy who didn't understand him really and his intentions of wanting to become an actor and really florets as an actor for example mm -hmm. i watched an interview with Martin Sheen the other day where he explained this, how he, in his age, when he was a teen, along with his other friends, went to bars and both guys and gals <laughs> listened to Elvis. And it was a thing that brought them together like no other singer. Normally it would, they would put something on the jukebox that was just for girls or just for guys. This guy, Elvis, was something that brought them together. And when they saw him up in the cinema, it was a thing. They thought he was going to be, like he says in the film, a revival of what James Dean went away with, that kind of young stardom. With great talent and then he wasn't because he was poorly managed like uh, martin chin says um and so that escaping of the possibilities of becoming better a better artist or a more um, um diverse eclectic one like he would like to be is sad for him and said that he couldn't complete his own uh, ambitions which i believe were there um beyond the the fiction world of the film even if the film does take a lot of liberties, I think, with events, like putting them close together and making things that don't make sense where they are, like the, the Christmas special. And so all of a sudden he turns to the, the camera to this big Elvis sign and him singing If I Can Dream, which didn't happen in the same night. They try to make it all, you know, work and come from this place of Dr. King was assassinated. We need to make a statement. It, it works in the film. It works, you know, well, I think. it. it but at the know, time it, it was... Kennedy. Yeah, Bobby Kennedy, Kennedy exactly, the second yeah, one. Yeah. And then he's turned it into you know, a, a story, so I appreciate that. But yeah. um, I think it's a, a liberty that makes sense in terms of narrative drive. I don't hold it against them. I think it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't hold them against. I'm just uh, pointing out that some things I sympathize because, okay, I can see this as a problem that he actually had in life. I can believe that. Other things are more part of the story, of the storytelling, the natural of it, but I don't hold it against it anyway. And then you have that part that you say that he actually wasn't a very good person. He had these misogynistic moments, he did this and that. And if balanced with that, the film could be actually a lot more rich. A more honest portrayal of the person. Yeah. And possibly if you had given this to an indie filmmaker, that perhaps didn't have this, and one that was more detached from the figure of Elvis, was he didn't have an interest in Elvis. Maybe he could have given us I don't know. I, I think you have to have love for Elvis anyway to make yeah, a biopic yeah. like this. For example, if you have an interest in it, in him, but mm -hmm. you're not, you don't have a, a huge love for him, or, or not an incredible. I don't know. I think you can love an artist not personally, but as an artist, and still mm -hmm. be very critical. I like. I'm very. Yeah, critical. that's possible for sure. For sure, there there are many ways of there are many ways of going about it. I think that's still possible, and yes. Another thing that I, would, that I would find interesting, that's just what I'm saying, is the idea of someone who isn't really a connoisseur in, 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 in a story's theme, but he has to do it, and yet, not being a fanboy, he finds an interest in it, he finds an angle. And I, I like stories like that, directors that come in don't really have a, a, a precedent with, with the story's you know, object, but somehow find a way to make it its own and to make it interesting, that would be... And I'm trying to remember of instances of that, but but I think ultimately, kind of comes up to 
bases choices uh, for which mm -hmm. I think are also interesting focusing on the the relationship between the two um and so you know you think about that and you and you realize that going about the things that he didn't do and how he could have portrayed him as a bit more of a, <laughs> a bit more um how do you say flawed person um i mean yeah but that's not really what he wanted to do here and um we can always comment on these things because we can go to wikipedia and research him and, and see his whole life and um you know it's something that biopics have to deal with that people can always <laughs> uh, find that. every little thing uh, yeah. about the person and just say but it, they didn't do they didn't do this they didn't speak about that and i mean yeah baz has to make decisions i guess <laughs> yeah no like i think in that sense the film is successful because it's what he set out to do more of a you know thinking about the image of elvis not so much the man I think he succeeds in that. You, I get very fascinated by the idea of Elvis and how he was oh, just yeah. by watching the film, and you get immediately pulled in. He's so Definitely. electrifying. Even watching Austin Butler do Elvis, be Elvis, is itself who gives a great performance in my in my you know, opinion in terms of looking like him, being him. I think he really believes. Yeah, he really believes the character. I think he really wants the voice. to go at it. And the voice. I love the moments when Elvis is not well put together and he gets enraged and he says slurs and he gets mad at his own manager on stage. I find that those are really interesting moments. And the way he puts the microphone into his own mouth <laughs> and the way he, he, he kind of hypes that scene into a halt, putting the, putting the two characters together with the zoom in to their faces. I just think it's very... He becomes kind of a monster. It's really, you're not used to see him like that because if anything, in this film, that's a little bit of seeing the person coming out through the seams of the image of Elvis, which the film doesn't do. But in, the, in that moment, you see a little bit of uh, an out of control um, Elvis. You're more vulnerable in that rage. I find that interesting. And of course, Elvis is a very, you know, at the end of the film, it says that he's the best selling singer of all time, you know. Solo and artist, yeah. He's kind of a godlike figure. Yeah, which is incredible. He, he looks Still. like he looks like a church. You know, that's what's so fascinating about him. The guy is like a living church, a living god because of the jumpsuits he wears and the clothes he wears with all that those sparkles and encrusted golden. And he's such it, an incredible almost, performer. Know, it it really is like I went to strange. I watched more videos of him. Uh-huh. He's so dedicated to just putting on a show, even you know. In the light, later stages, he was a bit out of shape and not not as good. But those peak years, he was just on another level. Mm -hmm. One of the best performers, probably. An absolute dedication. I think that's... It's also sad that he wanted to be an actor. And I think... A serious actor. Yeah, like a serious actor. And he never got the, the chance for that. I think he probably could have could have pulled it off. I don't know. Although I haven't watched his films like the '60s period, and I wish the film here went a bit more into that. It feel yeah. I feel like we didn't really see anything from it. Maybe I'm misremembering. No, yet again, another montage sequence. Yeah, it's like suggested. Yeah, you're supposed to think, oh yeah, he's having a bad period because of those films are not very good or 
but it, you don't really see. Yeah, it's it's so it's it's so crammed in because you you have this kind of um, you come back to this point where Tom Hanks is narrating stuff, and it's just he's going over his career. It's like over going over a person's resume, and it just feels very ugh, dry and you know it, it's basically putting him in front of a bunch of images of scenes where he was in and he's doing like water skiing with two girls and that's all there is that's this, this kind of complo you know image that sums it all up in a few seconds you throw water at him okay that's the the downfall of the movie period and then you see him at a, a movie studio lot and he's having his talk about how to sustain his family how he looks ridiculous and boom downfall yet again you know he's trying to find again what we have seen him in other situations and again in future situations trying to get back to his roots trying to be real uh, and the film goes back and forth between those things and i think a way to perhaps balance that journey which is always about him trying to fight you know his image self with the true self if anything in singing would be to show a little bit more of that true self in in other in other corners beyond singing perhaps despite being as his choices what they are Baz, Baz, Baz. Mr. Lerman. Yeah, but, uh, I, have, I think I have only seen Great Gatsby. Yeah, me too. And, um, and I have seen more, though. Moulin Rouge, maybe? Romeo and Juliet, Moulin Rouge. Okay, I've seen that. Romeo and Juliet, I haven't, I haven't seen it fully. Isn't only Chicago from him? Nah. No, I don't it's, think so. Uh, something <laughs> Marshall. Hob Marshall, something. Ah, okay. uh, yeah. Something Marshall. Yeah, Marshall. <laughs> What? I have a final thought. Kick it. Uh, why did they? <clears throat> why did they cast Tom Hanks? Because it's like he's a he's a sort of old old dude in makeup. Why don't they just cast an old dude? Yeah. <laughs> why go through all this makeup because crap? They need Tom Hanks. Uh, star power. They need star power to get financing. The fact that Austin Butler is not a star, <laughs> at least from their point of view. So they need Tom Hanks to kind of hold the film. But there are so many uh, sort of star power um, but who? stars. <laughs> Who's more <laughs> star power than Tom Hanks? No, you have like two things. You have Elvis, which is a subject itself is the star. It's It functions like Marvel movies. The stars are the characters, not the actors. And so you have Elvis and then you have Tom Hanks. So you need that like a, a little something there, a little something here. But that's just it. Anybody else in the film is not really a big star from the Hollywood standard. That's true. I think it's bullshit, man. Yeah, of course it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't even go through that many stages that you could see the makeup sort of transition. It's like... Man, he's always fat. Yeah, and, yeah always fat and And it's greasy. bad makeup. And it's bad. It it's just a, feels... It's I, goofy. I can almost see through the seams of that makeup. It reminded me of the makeup of... Guy Pierce from Prometheus. I don't know if you remember. I haven't. Where seen he is him. also an old dude. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, so terrible. Also. <laughs> Especially because the, it forced Tom Hanks to narrate, and that's just a bad idea. I mean, I don't know if it forced. Uh, you're, you're implying that he's a, that bastard. Okay, you look like shit. Okay. Because you feel like he's a good actor. He's a good actor, and you get a sense that on set he, he does deliver. But then he, in terms of studio recordings, <laughs> you just feel like he's there 
Just, I got this. I did three Toy Story, man. Just relax. <laughs> Come on, I got this. I got I know. Baz is not even there. He just goes on with goes his on. accent. <laughs> he yeah. just sends in the files. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's Tom at the computer. Nobody's there. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to listen to him. He just goes to the computer, types in, okay, I, I'm going, what? The wave file? Okay. <laughs> okay. Just sends a, a Meyer Bridge <laughs> file to Baz. Here, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> the best you're gonna get from me, man. <laughs> That's all for today. If you'd like to reach out and suggest a film for the next episode, which you haven't done, by the way, you can find us on the podcast, official Instagram, and the Facebook pages. Don't forget to subscribe, share this episode, or simply give us a like. That's how our podcast can grow ever more groovy. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.